السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وذروا ما بقي من الرباء إن كنتم مؤمنين صدق الله العظيم All praise, all thanks, only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah Ta'ala on this Mubarak occasion of Jumu'ah. We make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He allows us to see many many more days of Jumu'ah. We make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. And we also make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows our last day of our earthly life to be this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. We had a discussion some time back on riba, on interest, and how the conventional banks historically have always been based on interest, are still based on interest, but something new has taken place in the last 20 to 30 years, and that is the popping up, <coughs> the starting off of Sharia divisions within the bank. So we discussed in detail how schemes are put in place, how interventions are put into place, how crafty engineering is put into place to, what, to make what was ordinarily haram become halal. And we explained how this can continue and the system that is there is not something that is new. It's a system that has been taking place for many, many years. So we spoke on that. Alhamdulillah, since that talk, there are many people that called in. One of the main investors of one of the largest banks called in from overseas. He's now emigrated overseas and he called to say that this is what I have been saying all this while. I actually left that Islamic division of the bank, which I was the main investor, because I seen that what we were doing was actually washing haram and making haram halal, putting schemes in place to try and mimic what was already ordinarily known to be haram to the ummah. We put schemes in place to make it halal so we can get a market share of the Muslim ummah. And in doing so, we had to fuse the word Sharia with the banking. We had to fuse the name Islamic with the accounts. In other words, if somebody once sends you, you ask somebody for the banking details, you'll very often find FNB Islamic saving account. Whereas it was a savings account, and it is a savings account, what was the need to fuse the name Islamic next to that account? How this takes place, we explained before, that to make anything haram, halal is very easy. There's a three-step approach. The first step is analyze the prohibition, evaluate the prohibition. What is the prohibition? Once a person gets an idea of what the prohibition is, the next step is design a scheme to circumvent that prohibition in such a way that it must be cloaked in the guise, in the garb of being Islamic. So now you get a better buy-in from the public because historically they know that a certain product was haram. So what we need to do is we need to guise it, we need to put it in the garb, in the cloak, so it appears halal, and not only appears halal, it seems as though it's something that is dini. It has an Islamic link to it, so we have to fuse the name Sharia with every product that we offer. So nowadays you'll find that if you open up a bank account, billboards are put, magazine 
pages are taken up in magazines and other advertisements that open up an account and you stand a chance to win a trip for Umrah. What has Umrah got to do with opening up an account? But to create that guise, to create that desensitization, that here is something now that was historically haram to the Ummah, riba. But how can we make it halal and how we can make it appear to be halal? So that is step number two. That now after evaluating, what you need to do is you need to design. You need to design very craftily with very good engineering skills, very colorful engineering skills to try and circumvent what was ordinarily haram. And stage step number three is very simple. Implementation of the design that you have done. So when you have done this, then you have actually now made something that would have been haram in inverted commas, you have made it halal. So now we explain that this is not something that was new. Allah Ta'ala made, explained to us in the Quran that there was a fishing community of the Bani Israel. We all know that incident. That they were told that they were not allowed to fish on a Saturday. Because they were not allowed to do any type of business, any type of work. Their occupation and their work was fishing. So what they did was they analyzed the prohibition. That we are not allowed to fish on a Saturday. Step number one. Step number two is they designed craftily designed a scheme, a system to circumvent what was ordinarily haram. And that scheme was, we'll put our nets in on Friday, we'll pull our nets out on Sunday. So we never technically fish on Saturday, but we got the fish of Saturday. So this was a test that Allah Ta'ala had put them through. The fish was coming in large numbers on a Saturday. So Allah Ta'ala put them through the test, they failed the test. It's not something that is new, it was this scheme and this bringing and implementation of schemes to make something haram halal is an old scheme. In Bukhari Sharif it is mentioned, Allah Ta'ala, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, Qatalallahu al-Yahud. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala destroy the Yahud. The Jews, may Allah Ta'ala destroy, they were this crafty nation, they would always scheme and they would always do schemes to work around the system. So what they did, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained, حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الشُّحُومُ وَجَمَلُوهَا فَبَعُوهَا That dead animal, animal that was not slaughtered in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that fat or that animal that had died, this is shuhumul mayta, animal had died, was not slaughtered in the name of Allah, it just died. So now that animal that was dead, obviously you can't eat the meat, you can't eat the fat. Now something you can't consume yourself in Shariat, you're not allowed to sell it also. Simple example is we are not allowed to consume pork, we can't sell pork. We are not allowed to consume haram meat or haram chicken, we can't sell it. So like that we can't consume anything that is haram, we can't sell it. So for the Bani Israel also, that they were not allowed to consume this fat of this dead, this carrion this dead animal that was not slaughtered in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So similarly, they were not allowed to sell the fat of that animal. But they couldn't see this was big money that was involved for them. Now how can we lose out? Something Allah has made haram. Let us see how we can work around the system, how we can make the thing halal and we can try and sell it. So this is what they did. So the hadith, it comes, فَجَمَلُوهَا So what they did was, they took the thing, they melted it. They melted the fat. When they melted the fat, then what happened now is this has become like some type of liquid, some type of oil, and they sold that oil. So now we're not consuming, we're not selling the thing that is haram. We craftily designed the scheme to work around, to change the structure of what was haram, and now make it appear to be halal. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Qatalallahu al-Yahud, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy the Yahud. That this is what they did, something that was ordinarily haram. They worked a scheme, they worked a system around it to try and make it halal. 
So this is not something that is new. These schemes of working around haram and trying to make it halal, what we, this is known as ibtalul maqasid al-shariah. That this is actually defeating the objective of sharia. Something that Allah Ta'ala has made haram, we go and try and make it halal. And sometimes you'll find, and often you'll find that even scholars, ulama are being used also to try and make this permissible. Hazrat Mawlana Tanvi Rahmatullah Ali, he has mentioned this, that there was a period where woman, a woman did not want to be married to her husband. So now what scheme, the prohibition is she can't live with anyone else. She can't go stay with another man. Maybe she's got a hidden or a boyfriend that she wants to marry. But now she's already married to a man. So how is she going to get married to that person? So now that is the prohibition. You can't live with that person. So what these ulama would do, these corrupt ulama. So sometimes respected friends and elders, we get upset when we hear these terms. Sometimes you may hear an alim using the term scholars for dollars or corrupt ulama. Naturally, we feel uncomfortable, but it's nothing to feel uncomfortable. This has always been the trend. You'll get corrupt accountants. You'll get corrupt engineers. You'll get corrupt doctors. You'll get good accountants. You'll get good engineers. You'll get good doctors. So in every field, you'll get the good and you'll get the bad. And similarly with scholars and ulama, you'll get the good and you'll get the bad. So Hazrat Mawlana Tanvi Rahmatullah was saying that these ulama, these corrupt ulama, what they did was they designed the scheme for these women that wanted to leave their husbands and go on, on their own way or get married to someone else, what scheme they did was they told these women, what you'll need to do is you'll resort to riddat. Riddat means you'll become a murtad. Say I'm a kafir. Say I'm a kafir. And when you become a kafir, your nikah breaks. When your nikah breaks, now what you do after a short while, you read your kalima again and you become a Muslim again. So now you are free to marry who you want. You are free to go your own way. Look at what a scheme they employed. So ulama are unanimous that that scheme doesn't hold water. That scheme doesn't work. That nikah is still intact. There is a major sin for what you have done, but your nikah is still intact. You try to defeat the ends of sharia, the objective of sharia, it doesn't work. So all the times you'll get respected friends and elders, these things are happening, it's a reality. That you will get people that will try and make haram halal. We have to be aware, as Qiyamah is approaching, we will get more and more examples of this. Not too long ago, people may remember that there was a group of Arabs that had come to South Africa. On a hunting expedition, a 20 million rand runaway, runway was built just for them to land their plane. And it's something that caught the eyes of many people is that they had come with exotic women. Many, many women for each man that was present. And now you'll find that there are ulama that will even give the hukam of being permissible with simple. All you need to do is evaluate what is haram. First step. Work a scheme around what is haram and implement it. So what they do is in Islam you only allowed how many wives? Four wives. But how many slave girls you allowed? Any amount of slave girls. So all you need to do is these women that are traveling for comfort and for luxury and for entertainment, you just need to classify them as slave girls. And then you take them with you, and then you're actually doing an act of justice, you're doing an action of Islam, shariat, you can call it shariat or what you want, an act of goodness, that when you finish your enjoyment, you free them. I free the slave in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a mockery of Islam. So now we see how many different, there are so many different angles to this. In the UAE, there's something known as the Sharia compliant lottery. So there's no end to what you can make halal that was ordinarily haram. So this is what is, we are warned about. Therefore Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, قَاتَلَ اللَّهُ الْيَهُودِ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy the Yahud for what they did. 
they made something that was haram appear to be halal by just changing the structure. Now we were speaking specifically about the banks and the conventional banks and we had also explained that some banks are in operation for over 160 years. But this Islamic division suddenly is coming up now to create the impression that yes, you can come in and you can put your money in our call deposits, our fixed deposits, and the longer you keep our money and almost the same returns you're going to get as a normal haram deposit. And we explain this mimicking that is going on with the haram system in the name of halal. So this is something that is dangerous. What should be our attitude? A Muslim's attitude, if something is haram, we should be disgusted. We should feel nauseated with it. For example, if there's some type of somebody had spewed outside, he's not feeling well. So everyone walking past will take a wide turn and walk around it. Nobody will want to step on it. Nobody will want to step on it. Why? Because we feel nauseated. Or like that, if there's a dropping of some dog that is there, if it just touches our shoe also, we'll wipe our shoe, we'll make sure it is clean, we'll keep it far from us, we won't want to step into the car with it. Why we feel nauseated with these things? So a true Muslim will also feel nauseated with riba. I'm crossing red lines with Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَأَذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Take an announcement of war with Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when you're going into riba. It is such a dangerous thing. So we should feel much more nauseated with riba that we don't even want to put our halal money in that industry and get returns from it in the name of prophets. Whatever returns it is, this is a dirty, filthy industry. I'll give you one example. A person that makes sweetmeats. He'll design the sweetmeats in the form of a rose, in the form of petals, in the form of flowers. He'll sometimes put it in the form of shapes that people like. Nice shape of a triangle, a square. He'll decorate it. And everyone will like to eat it. But did you ever see a person selling sweetmeats, designing it in the shape of number two? Nobody. Why? The thing won't sell. People look at it, they'll feel disgusted. It's got the color of number two. It's got the look of number two. I'm feeling disgusted. But when it comes to riba, how come we don't have that disgust with something that is so dirty? It is like a like an ocean of feces that we are diving into, putting our clean money and taking it out from there. Therefore, we have to be extremely careful. I've got the income statement here. I thought just for, to illustrate the income statement of First Rand Bank, First Rand Group, annual financial statements for the year and the 30th June 2022. Take, brothers, take one guess, which is the largest income line item of this bank? Which is the largest income item of the bank? The largest income item is interest income. Largest item. And then they explain to you that the interest and similar income, just for one bank for one year, 108.9 billion. 109 billion rand is the interest income. Just to contextualize that, 1 billion is equal to 1,000 million. So 109,000 million is the interest income. These are not some type of suck thumb figures. These are audited financial statement figures that is available for anyone to look at. You can download it from the, from the websites. It's freely available, audited financials. They are clear about it. They're not mincing their words. They're not feeling shy. They are telling us that the largest income is from interest, is from riba. But yet we still have the heart to go and within that same bank open up on Sharia division. And that, just to contextualize, there's a walil aksari hukmul kul. That majority of the income is haram. Everything can be deemed to be haram from there. In other words, the salaries and wages of the staff that are working, even in the Sharia division, that is also from riba. The lights and water is from riba. The postage, the stationery, the depreciation, the computers, the security, whatever you can think of expenses is all coming from there to such an extent that even the salaries of the Sharia scholars that are giving these halal certificates are also being paid from here. 
largest income item is paying out the expenses. But yet, that income of that person that is giving the Sharia certificate, his income is doubtful. How can he ever give us confidence that our income will be honorable? Our income will be halal from that very institute. And then you look to see what the banks say. One of the things they say is, why must you invest with us? I'm talking about the Sharia divisions of the conventional banks. Why must you invest with us? They'll go on to say, because we don't invest in pornography. We don't invest in gambling. We don't invest in arms. We don't invest in alcohol. We don't invest in tobacco. We don't invest in any type of uh, speculation. But one thing they don't tell you is we don't deal in interest. That is the main thing. They themselves is dealing in interest. They're telling you, you invest with us. But we don't invest in other companies that deal this. Does it make sense? They're asking you to invest with them when their biggest line item is riba. Complete clean interest. They're telling you to invest with them. But we don't invest in these companies. In other words, does it make sense? You invest with us. We are full of riba. We are full of haram. You invest with us. But we don't invest in anything haram. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense to even the person that thinks would has a clear thinking. It doesn't make sense at all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. I want to end off with one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa It's as though this hadith is fitting hand in glove in the time that we live in. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned, إِذَا تَبَايَعْتُمْ بِالْعِينَةِ وَأَخَذْتُمْ أَذْنَابَ الْبَقَرِ وَرَضِيتُمْ بِالزَّرْعِ وَتَرَكْتُمُ الْجِهَادِ سَلَّتَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ ذُلًّا لَا يَنْزِعُهُ حَتَّى تَرْجِعُوا إِلَى دِينِكُمْ this riwayat is found in Musnad Ahmad in Abu Dawood Sharif. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that when you start trading in Eena, what is Eena? I'll explain. What is Eena? Arabic definition: A yabi'a shay bil ajili, thumma yashtarihi naqdan bi thamanin aqal. My friend Zubair here wants to borrow hundred rand from me. I know that if I lend him hundred rand, I can only take back hundred rand from him. I want to make money on this loan. I want to make money on this loan. What am I going to do? I need to put a structure in place to make that, that extra that I'm going to take back. I want 120 back from him. I need to put a structure in place. Remember Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is telling this over 1400 years ago, إِذَا When you start trading, dealing like this. So what I do, I tell my friend Zubair that I'm selling you this pen, 120 rand. I sold you this pen for 120 rand. He wanted 100 rand. So I sold him that pen for 120 rand. Now I tell him, my friend Zubair, there's 100 rand here. I'm buying this pen back from you for 100 rand. So I buy this pen back for 100 rand. How much has he got in his hand? He's got 100 rand in his hand. He wanted 100 rand. How much is he owing me now? 120 rand. So what has happened? I use a sale. I use an asset-based transaction as a front for something that was ordinarily haram. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, إِذَا تَبَايَعْتُمْ بِالْعِينَ When you start doing tricks like this, when you try to make haram halal by creating a front, try it brothers, any one of you try it. Go to the bank now, Islamic division and tell them you want a loan. They'll ask you to sign for a house. I'm buying a house, I want a loan. They'll ask you to sign some partnership agreement. They'll ask you to sign some other agreement, they won't give you a loan agreement. Why? We need to put a structure in place to make something that was ordinarily haram halal. Now is this not playing games with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Not playing games with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then on went to say, وَأَخَذْتُمْ أَذْنَابَ الْبَقَرَ In other words, that you'll get so preoccupied. Uh, yeah, literally means holding the tails of the cows. Uh, in, 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 in India, other places in Africa, you'll see the people that are herding animals, they actually hold the tail and they herd the animals with it. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained that you'll be so preoccupied with your, your farming 
and you'll be so preoccupied in our, in our terms, in our age, you'll be so preoccupied with your manufacturing, with your businesses, that this will become your morning, your evening. My business, my, my sales, what is my turnover, this will become the biggest worry of a person, not what his dini obligations are. Akhirat won't be his biggest worry, his concern, his business, his industry, the trade will now become the biggest worry of him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said, Taraktumul jihad, you will leave out jihad. Jihad is something very distant. What will happen? What will be the effects of this? Sallatallahu alaykum dhullan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you such humiliation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you such degradation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will humiliate you in such a way that la yanzi'uhu, that honor will never ever return back to you. Hatta tarji'u ila deenikum until you return to your deen. Until you return to jihad, until you come back to do what you have to do, you'll be humiliated. Just look at this, what, has, what is happening to the Ummah today. A state, Israel, about the size of the Kruger National Park, surrounded by Muslim countries all around, all just looking at the bombardment of the Muslims taking place. No one can do anything. Is this not humiliation to the Ummah of Islam? To the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a degradation, what a humiliation. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us. Nabi alayhi salatu wa prophesied and informed us that this will be your condition. You will start doing these tricks in business. You will start trying to make this compliant and that compliant and this halal and that halal what was haram. And then you will be so preoccupied with your business, you will leave out jihad. Then this type of humiliation will come to the ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Remember brothers, that this whole idea and this whole schemes that are putting place is nothing more than mirrors and smoke. If a person looks at it with a clean heart, clean mind, he'll realize that Allah has given me clean money. I shouldn't be putting it into banks to get returns. I should never be working in a bank. Person who's giving me a certificate and he's getting paid to give the certificate. What reliance can I put? What independence is there? I should never ever be going by this. Doesn't matter how secure it is. Nowadays some people use these terms that it is an industry that is now uh, regulated. So what if it is regulated? The casino industry is regulated. The prostitution industry is regulated. The gambling industry is regulated. Regulated is something separate. Halal is something that is separate. We shouldn't be get carried away. Sometimes people, they quote this. I'm going to just mention it so we don't get confused. Inshallah, we'll terminate just now in about 4-5 minutes. I'll just mention these things are very important. We are crossing red lines with Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's one incident where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had appointed a person to go and collect the taxes of Khaybar. At that time it was collected in the form of the dates because that was the produce of Khaybar. So this person had come back with a good quality, very good quality of dates. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw this good quality of dates and he said, Akullu tamri Is all the dates of Khaybar like this, so good quality? So that person replied, no. What I did was I took two measures of inferior quality and I exchanged it for one measure of the good quality. So now in Sharia, when you got items of the same type, it's a discussion on its own, then you shouldn't do it like that. So Rasulullah showed him, both sides were halal. The dates itself on that side was halal, the dates being exchanged was halal. But the way you should be doing it, is sell your dates, get cash with it, and then you buy the good quality dates. That's all Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa did, was he told the person, this is what you do. Both sides was completely halal to such an extent that we encourage that when we are fasting, we should break our fast with dates. There wasn't any question of riba involved, there wasn't a question of anything haram involved. All Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did was he showed procedure that both sides is halal, that this is what you need to do. There was no defeating the objective of sharia. Some people use this hadith to 
to confuse people and say, but Nabi Islam showed a scheme. This is not a scheme. He's purely showing a procedure for two items that were completely halal, how it should be done. And some, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us, brothers. If we want barakat, remember barakat is not with numbers. Barakat is in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll just mention two incidents, Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Patel, rahmatullah Ali. One brother mentioned to me, or himself, personally, he said, Hazrat was very close to me. He told me that when you go to a bank, sometimes you find the bank in the marketing, they'll give you a pen, they'll give you a keyring, they may give you some item or some ornament, just as a marketing scheme or pad or something like that, a pencil case. He said, don't ever take that from the bank. Their money is tainted. We shouldn't be taking one cent from them. And then he mentioned that on one occasion, I asked Hazrat that I need a credit card. Hazrat says, for you, don't take out a credit card. The less involvement with the bank, the better it is. Brothers, we all know that we need to use banks. There is no question about using banks. But we use it to the need and the extent that is necessary. What is necessary to that extent, we limit it. We don't go beyond that. And then what we do is we also make toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we forced to use it. But it never ever should be that our halal income is going in there. We're taking profits and we're thinking that we're doing a very good thing. There was one friend of mine, I want to give you personal, there's many incidents I can give you, time is against us. So this one thing that SARS does now very often is a person has got a debit balance. In other words, there's money is owing to him from someone and that person is deemed to be a related party. Now because money is owing, say owing to me as a company, and I, it's a related party. I haven't charged interest on that money. So SARS, what they'll do is they'll deem it to be a dividend. That money that you haven't charged interest, they'll deem some type of dividend that you've given to this related party. So this one person phoned, one brother phoned, and he said, you know what, I haven't declared dividends in my company, but I'm seeing that there's a statement from SARS for dividends declared. What should I do? So I remember that he had told me once that he had the Sharia accounts, what we're talking about, the Sharia accounts, and he was earning profits from there. So I told him, once you told me you had some money from there, you were earning income, why don't you just pay the thing out from this doubtful income? Finish that, that account like that from this doubtful. So he replied to me something. He said, you know, that time when you mentioned to me that this income is not good, this income is not halal, don't use this income. He said, from that day on, I closed my accounts completely. But I want to tell you something. The reason why I'm telling you this, brothers, is so that we get some type of encouragement. Giving up haram doesn't mean Allah will take halal away from us. He says, I was earning 500,000 a month from those accounts. How much? 500,000 rand a month from those Sharia accounts. He said, when I gave it up, my revenue went up by 5 million a month. Don't feel that we're going to give up haram, Allah will take halal away from us. Allah will give us barakat in our halal. Allah will give it to us such a way that it will come with happiness, it will come with enjoyment, it will come with blessings. There will be all round unity and all round of happiness amongst the family members, amongst the staff in the business, if we turn to halal. Allah Ta'ala save us from all types of haram. Let us not be deceived by seeing this sharia division, Islamic accounts, to such an extent that I even advise friends that are in the accounting industry, that when you are putting it in the books, just put it, if it's a first national bank account, put their first national bank account. Leave out the name Islamic. There's no need to fuse the name Islamic. If it's some type of an investment account, put their FNB investment. There's no need to desensitize ourselves to start believing what is haram has now become halal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah ta'ala save us. May Allah ta'ala create in our tabiat. May Allah create into our nature that excitement and happiness to do those things that are pure and leave out completely those things that are doubtful, those things that are haram. Sometimes we curse the Yahud. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help our Palestinian brothers. Allah ta'ala destroy the Yahud 
If there's no hidayat written for them, may Allah Paak completely destroy them. This is something natural. Haji Bhai Padiya Rahmatullahi would make one dua, one very ajeeb dua. That Allahumma akhrijil yahudiyyata wal nasraniyyata min qulubil muslimin. Oh Allah, take out this yahudi culture. Take out this Christian culture from the hearts of the believers. That we have become so Christianized, we have become so Judaized, if you may say, that we, whatever they're doing, we want to do. Whatever industries they're in, we want to get into it. This must also come out from us. Not only the fact that we want them out of the Muslim lands, we also want their culture out of the hearts of the Muslim. Allah give us all the tawfiq of making amal.